aspiring professionals here, of which I was one, would often talk about, should we get a warehouse in Alcuz? Should we get a warehouse? No one did, certainly not in the performing arts. Me and my wife just got together and we said, well, mortgage, or should we risk a warehouse in Alcuz? <laughs> so naturally, my wife was delighted when we chose the latter. When people talk about Dubai, they think modern architecture, glamorous living, basically the high life. And this perception often comes with the tag of lacking slightly in the arts and culture department. But if you've lived here a while, you know that amidst all of the glitz, there are some genuine gems in our city. Responsible for tirelessly carving a scene, pulsating with promise, and rooted in their sense of community. Today's episode is about one such gem. So pull up a chair and join our conversation with Kemsley Dickinson, founder of the Courtyard Playhouse, who told us the tale of how this family-run theatre in the heart of Alcuz, which was literally built piece by piece and seat by seat by its owners, became one of the few dedicated improv theatres in the world. Hey there, I'm Chirag, and you're listening to Tales of the Trade from Amaya FM. As artistic director of the Courtyard Playhouse, Kemsley is at the helm of this theatre, its performances, and everything they teach. And during our conversation, his love for the theatre is extremely apparent. So apparent, in fact, that one would think that this is something he has done all his life. But his foray into theatre is more comically dramatic than one might expect. And before moving to the UAE, Sharjah specifically, Kemsley was a teacher in South East Essex in the UK working with some rather difficult kids. That shouldn't be the case, should it? They're bad kids, but they were bad. Uh, I couldn't control them. One of them threw a cheeseburger at my head. Why, why did someone throw a cheeseburger at your head? Because I was a teacher, and, and they were the students there. And there's a, the, uh, <laughs> England is notoriously well known for having some very ill-disciplined schools. I mean, I only realised that after travelling abroad and uh, talking to teachers who had taught for a year in England. None of them have taught for longer than a year in England. <laughs> I think all the children with behaviour problems basically got funnelled to that school and then the ones with behavioural problems at that school got funnelled to my class because that traditionally is what happens with a new teacher. So I ended up with, basically, inmates. There was a, a boy and his language was so bad in my class, it was unbelievable, right? So F word, every other sentence, and I decided to take it up with his parents, the parents' evening. His mum came upstairs, she had a tattoo on her face... The first thing she said was, can't believe those effing stairs. I can't effing believe that I effing had to come effing up here. Right, what, what do you want to talk to me about? And I just went, no, he's excellent. <laughs> and I just thought, I'm going to take a year out. And so I went to first job, teaching job I took. I was 25. I just first job worldwide. And I, it was Sharjah. <laughs> there was an advert for, never heard of it never heard of Dubai and I just took it and it was okay it was good the class sizes were small and the kids were really nice and uh, that you can't really ask more than that one of the things we have at the playhouse is we, we keep class sizes small yeah. so you go in some of the classes here and they have 30 people in them it's not effective learning to do that private schools here what are the standards 25 kids in a class it's ludicrous um, uh, as a teacher I can tell you it's ludicrous you don't know their names until the Courtyard Playhouse opened its doors in 2012, Kimsley continued teaching in the UAE for about six years, three each in Sharjah and Dubai. And while he enjoyed working with students, he was just done being a school teacher. Yeah, I was a bit bored with it. The schools here are very bureaucratic now in Dubai, and they've got all these government things that they have to do. Same as everywhere in the world, really, but, you know, a lot too much... 
too much focus on paperwork and record keeping and not enough on the kids and stuff and to be honest I just thought I could do a better job without a school doctors and nurses my mum and dad are both nurses have the same issues as well doctors GPs in the UK say they only spend 30% of their time with the patients the rest of it's record keeping ludicrous um, so we thought we could do a better job of teaching by building our own educational establishment if you like and so we did so this is 2012-13 right what sort of motivated you to start this I mean you, you picked something that's very specific but also you pick something that isn't common here the simple reason is it's simple finances the we were doing uh, theater work here in dubai and we were hiring venues to do that and the prices were extortionate at every single venue and so a lot of the um aspiring professionals here of which i was one would often talk about should we get a warehouse in our cause should we get a warehouse no one did certainly not in the performing arts a lot of the visual arts they did like sculpture and and photography and stuff that um i don't know how they afforded it but but they seem to have money <laughs> but you know performing artists um not so much so anyway me and my wife just got together and we said well mortgage or should we risk a warehouse in our cause <laughs> So naturally, my wife was delighted when we chose the latter and um, became the proud tenants, not even own tenants of a warehouse in the Heady Heights of Alcus 4. And Kemsley decided to focus on improv rather than traditional theatre practices. I realised that I couldn't run a theatre doing conventional theatre because in Dubai there's no full-time actors, none that I know of. Uh, I know that Ducktax just closed, hasn't it? Uh, the Madinat, everything's outsourced, so nothing is done here. I think there's one or two companies that but they just do sort of grease the musical for kids or yeah, so it's like 90% it's not done here, right? So to put on a production costs a fortune because you have to pay what minimum 5 6 full-time actors. Then you need to pay the director, then you need sound and light, props, set, uh, costume, then the rehearsal space, the time. And I realized real quick that it's impossible to to set that up here because we fund ourselves privately we've got no government support no grants nothing so then i thought well what about is there any way where we could just make a theater up on the spot and an audience would come and watch it and i found a book where a bloke called keith johnson had done it does exactly that and with great success and straight away the company fell in love with it um and so that's what we play here we've all been to train with this guy now he's 86 keith johnson in in london i went with a two of our teenage sort of prodigies if you like <laughs> um i hope they don't listen to this one of them is 20 <laughs> and she's our artistic director now she's the youngest artistic director in the world of a theater we started in my living room with one class which was beginners improv and charging like 10 dirhams for 2 hours <laughs> and then what 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 you find is that naturally within any group some people will float to the top and get annoyed with the people holding them back underneath so then at a point you have to split into two classes you know of different abilities because differentiation is very difficult with stage work and so then we have two classes and then we move to the theater um so we start with two beginners classes one they were both really beginners classes looking back now but now we have developed a whole sort of program curriculum art wheel you know and um a very well thought through kind of way to for people to start off uh, right at the beginning and feel comfortable uh, and work their way through through different elements of of improvisation now trying to set up a theater in dubai actually surfaced a brand new problem there wasn't really a category in the licensing process in dubai to set one up to begin with we are licensed as a uh, as a training and development khda licensed training development center there's no license for a theater doesn't exist so it's quite funny you'll find that a lot of the venues here 
uh, are licensed as like wedding organizers and stuff like that and like fitness centers you know when yeah so no re really it's not there there's not an option you can tick that is theater um predominantly you know the bulk of our uh, i don't know business i suppose is training and development but because it's kind of like saying well okay you can do football training but you can't play a match it's a, but playing matches is a fundamental part of the work we do here, right? <laughs> yeah. If you um, try and sort of uh, license each event separately, there's fees involved, um, which for a 500-seater theatre, I don't know, would be fine. There's like a one-off fee for per performance. Then, um, then you have to pay a fee for each performer that's on stage, send their passport photocopies yeah. off and back six weeks in advance. If you apply this model to a family-owned 58-seater theatre that doesn't charge, it's completely impractical. It shuts our business down immediately. So um, the, the, the struggle for us has been communicating to the authorities that actually the evening is, is not, it's not a separate theatre event here. It's part of our corporate training development programme. So that's the situation. So we got fined a few times and we, we went there, we've explained it and it's, you know, it really is a headache, uh, but we've actually, those, none of those, all those fines have been rescinded, haven't they? Every single one. Uh, as we've been in, explain, and we develop relationships. There's a million people here. There's not. <laughs> we're all we're all that's left, and certainly the only one with the, that's producing four or five shows a week. So I hope that the um, authorities actually are. They do. They do see what we're doing here and see the value in what we're doing culturally for Dubai here. And of course, no business really gets off the ground without financing. And as is the case with many entrepreneurs around the world, and especially in our region, Kemsley and Tiffany, his wife and co-owner of the theatre entirely bootstrapped the Courtyard Playhouse to begin. We had, I don't know, about 80,000 dirhams saved up over, I don't know, for about 10 years work here. And we didn't, yeah, so that was what we had to start it off, which is not a lot of money in Dubai to start a business off with. And so um, what we did, we thought we'll, we'll rent the place for a month and we'll see if we survive to the next month. And we did, and then after three or four months, we thought, okay, we're gonna be able to at least break even. And then we bought our first AC unit. So the first classes in here were done in the middle of summer without any AC, just sweat dripping off everyone. And then the net, when we got the next step of money, we'd, we'd buy, um, you know, a wall <laughs> or get a bit of floor bill. And so each month we just add whatever we could afford. Um, the reason we did crowdfunding was because uh, we were sort of 70% of the way there. Um, we had a decent enough following and we thought, well, they could just, they can help us fast track this. So Courtyard set up a crowdfunding campaign on a locally based platform called Aflamla, a platform that has now unfortunately shut down. The community, though, still going strong, definitely came through and helped Courtyard meet their goal and then some. So I was hoping for six million, um, but our target was $12,000, I think, to get everything done. <laughs> but we ended up with over double. So that was nice. Full credit to my wife. I had nothing to do with it, really, apart from she just did everything. <laughs> and it's a full-time job doing one of these crowdfunding things. People think you just put a project up and sort of people give money. And, and it's not. It's a, like a whole media campaign, constant monitoring. And it's really a full-time. Yeah. If you want to be successful at it, you need to uh, you know, dedicate a significant amount of time to the crowdfunding campaign. It's, it's, it's work. So they, they, the crowdfunding helped us finish the toilets and just this backstage area upstairs 
and uh, bought a few of the lighting fixtures. So you, you started out by saying that like, you know, you were doing things month to month initially. And you said that the reason you went from that to looking at a crowdfunding option was because you started to feel like you were getting support in the community. Talk to me a little bit about that. What did you guys do to, to get the word out? Classes and Facebook, and that's it. And I'd like to think the quality of the classes impacted upon that, because if you take a workshop anywhere else or most other places in the world, there's no actual way to apply what you've learned. So everyone sort of looks at each other after a course and dubiously talks about it like an egg and says, well, that was nice, that was fun. But how do you apply an acting course if you take an acting course in London or Chicago? Whereas here, because there was the chance to improvise in front of full audiences right off the bat, people could take a series of workshops here and then test out what they'd learned on stage in front of an audience. And people get a bug for that. They get addicted to it. Uh, especially when they fail they want to go back next week and improve so I think the uh, following developed for sort of one because of the quality of the classes two because uh, there's performance opportunities here as well as workshops and three because of my good looks and charisma now I wish I could say that he was exaggerating here but Kemsley is exactly as fun as he sounds a lot of dry humor and just passionate about what they've built and what they've built stands out not just in Dubai, but worldwide. There's only a limited number of theatres like this in the world that are this prolific that focus on improvisation. So every time we have people from London here, they come in and they just go, whoa, there's not, there's one, of the, one of these doesn't exist in London. Um, there's a few in America, there's one in Norway, and there's little ones around, but nothing like this. A theatre where you can come in, see four or five shows a week, walk in and uh, they're all improvised and take workshops and, and be on stage you know in a in a matter of months if you've got the the willingness <laughs> and the commit i mean it's it's quite unique it's difficult to find improv theaters they don't proliferate really or, or you, i think what you do see is sometimes it's like you have established theaters of other kinds and then they kind of also do a little bit as opposed to something dedicated Yeah, this is dedicated improv theater we have a tiny bit of acting uh, we have one ad in which is the longest running one in Dubai actually it's called the Desert Monologues but the rest of what we do here is, is improvisation through the uh, d training and development programs everything and uh, yes yeah, it's extremely rare I can't believe it worked <laughs> I walked in the first morning we spoke to Don Metcalf who attended her first ever improv class at the Courtyard Playhouse a couple of months ago two things happened the first thing I saw was a group of pussycats and the second thing was an enormous stuffed gorilla and I thought, hmm, this is not my usual Saturday. The Courtyard Playhouse started with a clear mandate of building a community space where people could both learn and perform. And building that in a city that has a very nascent art scene requires going just beyond the physical location, having a longer-term view of growing the community through a series of programs and initiatives for the younger generation in addition to the adults. We've never been interested in being a big business. That was never our, 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 our mandate. It was very clear. There was not a home for theatre practitioners uh, or improvisers here. There was nowhere for them to perform, nowhere they could afford. So we just wanted to, to provide a home for the amateur groups uh, and for ourselves um, to, to put on work that everyone could afford. So that's what this place was about. So it was never about big business. <laughs> but it, amazingly, I mean, it did take off. It's taken off quite well. We have a, you know, we have a big corporate training and development program. We've worked with most of the major companies here and they keep coming back to us as well. Um, and we have a, a youth development program that isn't offered anywhere else in, in, the, in the Emirates where, because I was a school teacher and I used to phone up the theatres and say, hey, I've got this kid and, and she wants to do work experience at the theatre. She wants to work in lights and sound. No, sorry, haven't got anything. Um, so we do that. We have a whole program of internships and work experience. So kids come here, they learn the lights. 
we've got a youth group free we don't charge for it free sort of drop in for them they come once a week and they're all friends and they learn you know all the aspects of about running the theater and they help with our shows um and we've got a workshop program and we've got uh what else we've got and we've got shows shows is a great proponent part of our our rollout so four sort of strands of corporate workshops shows and kids kids and schools which is important for the growth of the of the art itself right it's absolute yeah. and it's not i'm not doing a pepsi ad like you know the children of our future but yeah. i realized after two or three years that here we are never going to be the same standard as the performers in uh, around the world because the general demographic of dubai the walk-ins that we get a lot of them haven't done drama at school or anything like that and so the only way we're really going to be able to raise ourselves to an international standard of improvisation, which is what we aspire to, to be that good, that countries who have festivals say, we, hey, let's get that Dubai theatre in, is to plough our attention and focus to teenagers. Um, and that's what we do. So I'm hoping that we will reap the benefits of this in five to ten years. And the teenagers here who have spent this time with us will return because Dubai is not a bad place to to be a 20-something, yeah? And uh, and we'll return to where they went to school and they'll come and be regulars here at the theatre. From a purely selfish point of view, I really hope it continues because the the business thrives upon that, doesn't it, retaining people, both as employees and audience members here. Stay with us when we come back, how Courtyard's programmes continue to evolve and what it's really like working with family. about the clutter in your physical space around you, your digital life, and even staying organized in your mind? I'm Shalina Jakia, and each week we bring you a short and sweet episode on how to organize and declutter all aspects of your life. Just look for Declutter Me in your favorite podcast player or visit declutterme.com slash podcast. Brought to you by Amaya FM. Welcome back. You've been listening to Tales of the Trade and the story of Courtyard Playhouse. This episode was produced by Gaia, and original music for the show was composed by Reiner Ehrlichs. When you walk into the Courtyard Playhouse, you almost feel like you've been transported out of Dubai, off the beaten track somewhere. In the alleyways of Brooklyn, maybe. Signs about the importance of team building and core values line up the entrance, along with 70s-themed posters. And a bulb arrangement, as you climb the stairs, that spells out the word theater. There's something about this space that tells you that it was created with a lot of love and attention. And it feels like a family theater. And I say that in quite the literal sense. It's been such an amazing journey, especially because it's my family too. That's Kylie Schultz, Kemsley's sister-in-law, who manages the day-to-day at Courtyard. To be able to do this with my sister and my nephew and with my brother-in-law, it's it's been absolutely phenomenal and, and a very emotional journey, but... The fact that we are, we have been so successful and that we bring so much joy to people's lives, for me, that's very special. It's been difficult and the amount of fights and working with family is not easy. <laughs> You're looking at me, but she's not talking about me. She's talking about her evil sister, my wife. I didn't say that. <laughs> and, and we all lived together in a house for four it's years. It's difficult working with your uh, other half full time. With a kid as well. Very difficult. I and mean, anyone who does that will testify to it, but, you know. We're, we're still together, and it's our eighth, ninth wedding anniversary this year. 2010, we got married, and so uh, it's extremely difficult. The key is, give each other space. I'll be honest, she just, she told me to leave the country, so I'm, that's why I'm here. <laughs> and Kemsley's wife, Tiffany, was highly instrumental in carving out the greater version for the theatre, helping put it on the map 
and powering the community building and marketing initiatives and playing the perfect entrepreneur to Kemsley's artist. Without her, it wouldn't have gone because I was all the, I did all the sort of, um, I know the hands-on stuff, but no one ever recognised it. And she came to the first class that I did in like 2008 and she said, you're insane. And I said, what? And she said, people aren't paying, they're just walking out and paying. And I said, well, I know, I leave a hat there. And she said, you can't do that. And she plopped a table and put a price sign up. You know, in 2008, this was. And suddenly I sort of doubled my money. And she said, have you got a flyer? And I was like, no, I just sort of write it on a bit of paper and pin it up. <laughs> so so she, she totally took care of, you know, what, what we were doing and gave it worth, basically. Without her, it was all... It was just me messing around, really, wasn't it? She's head of marketing now, and if you see the marketing that goes on here, both the physical stuff in the back of the chairs and online and everywhere, it's, it's, it's phenomenal, yeah. The daily happenings at the Playhouse, although filled with spitfire banter and many laughs, are run by a dedicated staff who are passionate about theatre and deeply invested in growing this engaged community. It's a good job, though, isn't it, working at the theatre here? No, but really, I've done all the rubbish jobs. As a fishmonger, I worked in an office. I've worked in, with horrible bosses. But it's a, it's a nice environment to work in a theatre, isn't it? People gravitate towards theatres and libraries. Libraries are nice. We are very lucky, and, and when people walk in here, they absolutely love the venue, and they can just feel what's, what we've put into it. But they're all very jealous of us <laughs> because we just work in such a beautiful space, and it is, we are very lucky, and, and we all love what we do. So, And, and our staff are all... If there's 15 of them, but we're all family. Like it's it's a very special, very special environment. I, th- I think everybody that works here really does have a very deep love for for what we do and for the space and for what we're creating. There's a lot of girls. <laughs> just girls and Kemsley. We're trying to employ men, just to balance the numbers because we feel like we're gender discriminating. But when we give and do an application, um, you know, an open application, we have like I don't know, 300 applicants and 298 of them will be females and two of them will be from Nepal and still based in Nepal just sending in an application prospectively through bananas applications so we yeah it's, it's quite difficult isn't it and we do we I mean we have uh, the from the freelance side of things we have a few males like the teachers and the, and the performers in that way but but the the general staff and, and, and our performing staff and teachers are female. Although most performances at Courtyard run to a full house, we do wonder why more people don't gravitate towards this theatre in the city, especially when Dubai often gets labelled as a place lacking in culture. I read it the other day on, on, on Reddit, the website, and they had the, the, this Dubai post on there and straight away they were in there, Dubai, don't go there, city with no culture, no... And, you know, I just thought it's, it's a pretty ignorant thing to say, really. I mean, people go to, isn't it? Is there's no culture. I felt like cheap chiming in and saying, well, I've, I've been living there 10 years and I opened a theatre there and we do four shows a week and it's fine. Yeah, if you're talking about in terms of versus London or New York, it's incomparable, obviously. We had a festival here, an international festival. We had um, people from literally all over the world and uh, they they were worried about performing here their shows Um, all of them were sort of can I say this can I do that am I allowed to do this it was a real real point of contention for them beforehand so that perception of Dubai as being culturally sensitive particularly in the arts does exist I mean I have the same conversations with tons of people because I've spent a lot of years here now and I I wonder the same thing like well there is but you have to look for it it's not going to 
you know, show yeah. up at your door. You do have to go off the beaten track a bit, yeah. and it's hidden away as well because no one can find Premier. I mean, it's easy to go to the Mall of the Emirates, isn't it? The parking's there, and you walk in. And, but I mean, you have to come to uh, you know the Heady Heights of Alcus Four. Here's Don again talking about the theatre and how it's important for all of us to become a part of the growing cultural scene in the region. People talk in Dubai about how there isn't a culture here, how there isn't quotes unquote culture in Dubai. And I think that's nonsense. Um, like everywhere else in the world, it, it takes time to build something. But if you're saying that there's nothing for you here, do what these guys did and go out and build something. And if you're complaining that it doesn't exist right now, go and support them. Courtyard has been instrumental in moving the art scene in Dubai forward. But they've also done it a little away from the glitz and glam, keeping their steely focus on their niche and building a genuine improv community that returns week after week. There's this excitement in the crowd as you wait for a show to begin, the kind that would be hard to cultivate in any city, let alone Dubai. So where does Courtyard Playhouse go from here? As far as the building goes, I think it's beautiful. I don't know if you've looked at it from downstairs. It is a beautiful place now, inside and out, and we've just got the tiniest bit of renovation to do downstairs. So structurally, I think it's special now. It doesn't need much more. It needs maintaining. The thing that needs doing now is just to grow it artistically and make sure that we, we, we nurture it, keep it special. You can come to a show and it can be so amazing, a real emotional experience. We are open to the community and they come every single night to watch our shows. We do Jane Austen Unscripted once a week at the moment. We've got the Maestro show. We have kids shows every Friday and we also are home to the two um, you know foremost amateur theatre groups here, the Dubai Drama Group and Danu. We're pretty happy that we've filled our obligations um, to the theatre, to be a community venue that does, does, does you know, does a good thing for the community. Our main problem now is staying afloat financially and we struggle month to month. Um, even so much as we, we, I, we don't take wages sometimes, me and Tiff, just to keep the place afloat. So it's, it's um, so financially, we're hoping that the place finds its feet. There's a reason for that though. It's because we moved downstairs as well. We expanded, we decided to expand because we didn't have any office space up here. We had 10 people working for us in that tiny office and we had an audience that was just packed. So it was kind of, well, what do you do? So we had to take the lease downstairs and everyone knows what property prices are like here, right? For business, uh, commercial, let's. What would be your... Um, millions, I'd... just millions. Ferrari. <laughs> I've just bought a new car, 2010 Volvo Estate. <laughs> That's what that's where I am. Do you have any regrets? Do you feel like you could have done something differently? Anything? Oh, it's a million things, man. <laughs> if I had to rebuild this, I could have done it for half the price. I um, I made so many mistakes with the renovation because I'd never renovated anything. I like can't even change a car tire, and you know I was, I'm doing integrated AC installation and floors and walls. I built the theatre downstairs in what was it four weeks or something? Yeah, I could yeah. do it now. It took me four years to, to build the first one, four weeks to build the second one. So lots of regrets with the renovation, you know, just making mistakes as I learned. The thing is, people are like um, the business mantra, isn't it? Make mistakes, learn. It's cool to make mistakes, learn. But not when it costs you thousands of times each mistake. Uh, so, yeah, I regret that. I don't know, really. It's hard to regret. It's been such an emotional journey. I mean, you see on the wall the picture of my wife, my baby. We didn't find out, uh, you know, my wife was pregnant until we'd already signed the lease on this place. <laughs> so, if you can imagine, I'm like sort of smashing floorboards in. We haven't got any money and Tiff's in labour at the hospital. It was sort of a couple of years of 
hell really but so it's hard to regret something that's so ingrained into your you know those important moments in your life quite literally a result of blood sweat and tears the courtyard playhouse is one of those stories that stands testament to the fact that the brightest ideas are the ones that bring people together that help us connect in real ways and when things start to move in ways you can't entirely predict just improv you've been listening to tales of the trade from amaya fm and if you've enjoyed this episode tell your friends about it and go visit the theater you can also leave us a review in apple podcasts and podchaser you can follow us in any podcast player of your choice more information and our show notes are available on this episode's webpage that's tales of the dot trade slash courtyard playhouse so many tales to be told so many stories to be shared pull up a chair and join the conversation